Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Double G from the Fight Game Podcast and Fight Game Media here. For you Karate Kid fans, Chris DePetrillo and I are back this week to review the last film in our series, The Next Karate Kid. Yes, the Hillary Swank one. It will be on our Patreon first, but will also be in this feed, the Fight Game Media Network, later this week. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our Patreon because you're going to receive two... New podcast exclusive to our Patreon, where Chris and I break down the newest season of Cobra Kai, which drops on Netflix on New Year's Day. We're going to go over the first half of the season and then the second half of the season in two separate shows. We also have reviews of the first three seasons of Cobra Kai, as well as great breakdowns of the first three Karate Kid films in our archives. And you may even find out some information you didn't know about Daniel-san and company. Head over patreon.com front slash fight game media. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ryan. Happy birthday to you. Hey, everybody, it's in the clinch. The MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. And as you might have guessed, it is my co host's birthday as we're recording this. As you're listening, it'll be a day later. But, uh, Ryan, uh, we're almost at the end of your birthday. How was it? Well, I was not expecting that for starters, but uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, it was just kind of just a relaxing day. Went out and had a nice steak dinner, and that's oh, all awesome. you could all you could ask for. And just here, just recording our show. I'm not missing the show just because it's my birthday, my birthday. But after this, I'll probably have a few glasses of whiskey to to end the night. You should have done it before the show. Would have been would have been a lot, made a lot more fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> not that the show's not fun, anyways. Probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference anyway. Sometimes. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I have to I have to get you on uh, Grandpa Des sometime when you when you've had a few in in you and, uh, and we'll uh, we'll have a grand old time because um, it is. I mean, that's a gimmick. You have to be drinking as as you're going. I, and again, I found out today because I guess last year when when you had your birthday, we were already doing this show, but I didn't even know uh, Parker Klein, and uh, that it was also my first co-host on the Dynamite show. And you guys share a birthday. 
which I didn't know till today. Neither, so that was, I didn't like, know that till today either. So yeah, what a coincidence. What what are the odds? Like I guess three hundred sixty five to one. Um, but <laughs> you know that I would be co hosting a show with two people that have the yeah. same birthday. Yeah, and I think we're like I think you're more, a few years older. Than I him. think we're like ten years apart actually. So yeah, exactly. Because I think he's twenty six. Yeah. And you're 36, right? Oh, please don't remind me. It's starting to get up there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. You're young. You're, uh, you're only six years older than my kid. Hey, um, I just realized that means I've officially spent half my life going to UFC events. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's the kind of math you start doing now. You're also, you're also middle-aged. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Officially now. Yeah. You're on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you don't feel 36 is the new 20. So yeah. Hey, uh, there's, you're, there's a, there are UFC champions older than me. So, I mean, you know, yeah. you know, whenever I start looking at all these young guys and all these other sports, I remind myself of that. So it's near. I'm pretty ne- sure Alexi Olenek is, you're never pretty sure Alexi Olenek is, I'm pretty sure Alexi Olenek is older than my dad. So I'm still young too. <laughs> uh, if he's not, he sort of looks at, um, so you, you had wanted to go, um, you know, right into fights you have to see, uh, where I guess you're going to give us 10 fights that, uh, that we have to see in what, in 2022 or just in general, just in general, I'm working, uh, it's kind of like my birthday gift to the re- readers from, you know, or to the readers, listeners, who, whoever I'm working on a project, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be, you know, some long thing. Maybe, maybe I'll try to sell it as a book one day, but I don't know. The li- I don't know, you know, how many, you know, things. I'm going to do whether it's 500, a thousand or, or whatnot, but, uh, just, just, you know, I'm trying to come up with an idea of just MMA fights. Everybody should see before they, before they die, you know, kind of, kind of one of those. Oh, things. Kinda okay. Like, okay. I wasn't like, sure. I wasn't sure where you were going with this. Yeah. I thought what you were talking like fights, we need to like, they need to make, you're talking yeah. fights have already happened that people fights need that to happen, Like, okay. you know, okay. especially, especially to, for a lot of these fans who've come in in recent years and then during mm-hmm. the, during the, you know, Connor McGregor era and the Ronda Rousey era, who might not know of some of these just classic fights from different organizations and these, you know, and some of these fights that sometimes happen in os- obscure situations that have like crazy stories behind them. Like I don't have this on my list that I'm about to share, but, but uh, Paul, are you familiar with Benji Raddich? Raddich? Uh, I know the name. You know the name. Okay, so he was a UFC fighter back in back in the day, back in the pre Ultimate Fighter era, all that. So uh, this was at a time. There was a time where this was. Uh, he had three fights in the UFC. He won one, lost one, and had one go to the no con- contest. But anyway, about two thousand three, he was fifteen one and one at this time. At this time. So he fights this guy named Danny Lefevre, a guy who is zero and zero, had no mixed martial arts fights, and they fought in Washington. You would think, how how would a commission sanction a guy who's fifteen one and one with UFC experience with twelve knockouts against a guy who's zero and zero? You know, this is just like kind of still the wild wild west days. The whole story behind this fight was Danny Lefevre was dating an ex girlfriend of Benji Radich. So Radich wanted to fight him uh-huh. in a fight, in a fight, in a fight. So, uh, so anyway, as the story goes, Lefevre knocks out Benji Radich in 55 seconds. 
his first ever MMA fight. <laughs> he had he he trained. He had he had boxing experience, I believe, believe. But Lefevre knocks him out in fifty five seconds. Never fights an MMA again. And apparently, and the, as the story goes, Benji Radich, he was so embarrassed by it that people who had footage of the fight, he paid to have all footage of the fight destroyed. Well, here about a year ago, if you if you follow the great Kaposa on uh, on Twitter, you know, basically almost like an encyclopedia of MMA stuff, he found the footage of the fight, which is kind of like obscure. And if you can ever find the foot find it somewhere, you know, it's kind of like one of those fights that's kind of you know just for the story and the situation in the moment, kind of like one of those fights worth going out of your way just to just to see, just to kind of you know. You know, kind of give you an idea. Is that is is that Grabaka Hitman? That yeah, guy? yeah, yeah. Okay, so. yeah. Um, so I I have I I did see Benji Raddick later in his career. I saw him yeah, uh, was, fight uh, Marilla Hua in, in Elite XC. Yeah, he fought that was on CBS. He fought Strike Force. Yeah, couple Scott times, Smith. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I saw. I, I would have saw those fights, and I I think I even saw the fight with Nick Sarah. Um, but not when it happened. Like I saw yeah. it much, much later yeah. um, so, in UFC. So, but yeah, no, I, so I'm, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. But, um, but for like people, fans who don't know these, these, you know, these stories, yeah. these moments, I'm trying to come up with something, something, yeah. you know, to kind of tell stories of, you know, you know, these fights and all that. So here are kind of, it's kind of my list of like, as I'm working on gathering this list, here's 10 fights. If you've never seen them, go out of your way to find them, find them on UFC fight pass, find them on YouTube, find them somewhere. But anyway, uh, my list goes, uh, Vanderlei Silva against Rampage Jackson from pride 28. If y'all don't know about the, about the rivalry, rivalry back in pride, you know, obvious, you know, Fedor, Miracle Crow Cop, all, you know, they got the most attention, but, uh, Vanderlei and Rampage probably had the most heated rivalry in pride. And, you know, a lot of their verbal skills kind of set that apart, you know, from everybody else, because, you know, they were just fantastic on the mic and just this was a crazy fight where Vanderlei finished rampage with those just brute if you remember ever seeing it's on highlight reels all the time just those constant knees and rampage falls face first into the ropes into the ropes but uh just yeah if you've ever seen that fight just that's one we're seeing another one on my list from pride is nick diaz versus takanori gomi just d where diaz had that crazy finish with the go-go plot and then failed the drug test because he was high as shit during the fight so uh that's (laughs) on there uh anthony pettis against benson henderson for the last ever wec fight you know if you've never seen that see that Uh, another nick diaz fight i have on the list is him against paul daly in strike force if you've never seen you know if you've never seen that it's probably arguably the greatest one round fight in mma history i got a bellator fight on there the very first one between michael chandler and eddie alvarez that happened at the same time as that classic ufc shogun and dan henderson 130 yeah the shogun and dan henderson yeah just that was an incredible fight and then uh and then uh, I also have a, and then getting into the, into a few UFC fights. In my mind, this is the most underappreciated all-time great UFC fight. Uh, it's one of my personal favorite fights. Roger Huerta against Clay Guida from the Ultimate Fighter six finale. I've never seen that. That's just uh, that's an incredible just back and forth war between those two and put put both those guys really on the map. Uh, a couple Robbie Lawler fights. I have the Rory McDonald f- fight from UFC one eighty nine and the 
Carlos Condit fight from UFC 195. Those are back-to-back fights for Lawler and arguably, you know, two of the five greatest fights of fights in UFC history. Uh, Miguel Torres against Takeya Mizugaki from WEC 40, another classic fight. If, you know, Miguel Torres, you know, for those who came in the Connor era, he was arguably one of the best pound-for-pound fighters, if not the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world for for a very long time and just, you know, just, you know, he got knocked out once by Brian Bowles and just kind of just sometimes when, you know, when you get knocked out and your chin goes, you know, it's kind of was the story of Miguel Torres, but he was like 37 and one at one point, just a, a great fight. Yeah. And that was a crazy fight. And last fight I have on this list is a uh, Jim Miller against Joe Lozon from UFC 155, really bloody fight, just a brutal back and forth. Yeah. Fourth war. So if you've never seen, if there's some fights on that list that you've never seen, go out of your way to find some of those. And, and, you know, if you're sitting around holidays, holidays, you still got some time off work work and you're looking for something to take up your afternoon, you know, find these fights on UFC fight pass. You'll have to, you know, they're every one of them, except for the Chandler Alvarez fight is on there, you know, and, and just taking it, take a, I think, I think you can find that one on Bellator.com. Yeah. yeah you can find probably. that on Bellator.com probably, or probably even YouTube, but take a day to enjoy these fights and you'll be thoroughly entertained. And so that's just kind of, I like, add some to the, can I add some to the list? Yeah. That you didn't mention? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is my birthday okay, gift sure. to our listeners. So, yeah, sure. So I and maybe you might need to help me with when or where some of these took place, but um, and I won't have ten. And these are just off the top of my head, and ones you definitely didn't mention. Um, I would say from Pride, um, obviously um, the um, Fry Takayama, Takayama. If you haven't seen that, Um, and then also from Pride. Um, also from Pride, and this is the one. This is the first Pride fight that I ever saw, and I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know it was MMA. I didn't know it was Pride or nothing. It was um, Bob Sapp and uh, uh, Rodrigo Nogueira, right? Uh-huh. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minotaur, the big, big Nogueira. Yeah, that was an incredible fight. Um, you know, and, and I thought it was pro wrestling, like just because of the way the fight went. Like this was um, like. Bob Sapp got over so much in losing like a two minute fight. It was unbelievable. Um, and then I would also go with um, uh, Leonard Garcia and the Korean Zombie from the um, the the main event prelim of the first WEC pay per view, or the only WEC pay per view I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and then um, what's the other one that I had in mind? Oh, um, Randy Couture and Tim Sylvia. Uh, from I I, I want to say like UFC ninety or something. It's uh, uh, six, 69. 68. sixty nine, really? sixty eight, sixty eight. Okay, so that and that's the one where he won the title, right? Yeah, yeah. Kachir won the title, and then that set up the fight with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Well, no, that didn't set yeah. the, the that set up a fight with. Uh, with uh, it ended up being Gabriel Gonzaga. The idea was was to hopefully set up okay. a fight with Couture and Krokop, but then Gonzaga knocked out right. Krokop at UFC 70. 70 kind of ruined that, ruined that, and then Kro- and Couture. Couture was not supposed to beat Silva either. I'm, uh, the idea like a lot of people, a lot of people didn't think so just because of the size. If you're a smart person. If you're a smart person and knew the sport, I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, I didn't, me personally, I don't know how from watching that fight and knowing them back then, I was just like, I was just like, I was not surprised that, 
that Couture won. I was more surprised at the fact that it was just thorough domination from start to finish, start to finish. And the right. fact that he dropped him within the first, you know, with the first punch, you know, that he dropped Tim Sylvie with that and the crowd reaction. But, but yeah, any smart person, you know, you know, at, well, okay. You can never so count I, out, I, you can I, never count out Randy Couture to in a fight, you know, until, until uh, that time where he, you know, until after he took that time off, you know, you know, when he was in the, in the dispute. So for me at the time watching this, I was not a smart UFC fan. I was, you know, like I I'm looking at this big, huge dude and I'm looking at this old guy with, you know, balding and, you know, over 40 and thinking, you know, like, yeah, he's a good wrestler and he's going to take him down. But at some point, Sylvie's going to hit him. So I'm at the edge of my seat for 25 minutes watching this fight and cheering for Randy, who I didn't know from Adam um, and hoping he was going to pull off what the announcers were calling like this big upset. So I've totally bought into it. Yeah. Hook, line and sinker. And then similar to that would have been uh the the uh chael son and anderson silva fight that i talked about on the last show i think it was on the last show i talked about or maybe it was in a different show that i was doing but um where um you know it was it went the same way silva or sonnen was dominating him for 24 minutes and then silva submitted him in the last you know the the last round and retained his title and and to me like that was that's one of the most classic fights of all time. Yeah. So yeah. I would say for the, those are the fights you want to go yeah. over to your yeah. Going in that Tim Sylvia fight. I mean, I had seen Randy Couture win fights that he shouldn't have. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have beat Chuck Liddell the first time he fought. He shouldn't have beat Vitor Belfort. He shouldn't have beat Tito Ortiz, Tor- Ortiz, but he was winning so many fights that, that, you know, he shouldn't have. And yeah, he had lost, he had lost, you know, got knocked out by Chuck, you know, a couple of times going into that Tim Sylvia fight. But, but I mean, Tim Sylvia just, yeah, you got to give him credit for being a UFC champion, but he, yeah, he was, you know, he's arguably the worst UFC heavyweight champion of all time. And just, you know, he just, he was, it was at a time when that division was weak, weak. So he was the best of a weak bu- bunch, you know, you got to give him credit though. He knocked out Arlovsky and then Arlovsky kind of just went downhill a little bit after that. But, but yeah, yeah. but all those fights you mentioned too, they're, they're on my list that I'm gathering up, you know, for, it's probably going to end okay, up at cool. a, a thousand fights, you know, by the time I'm done with it. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, it's gonna be a project um, so years the, um, making. So. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I look forward to that. Um, yeah. I mean, Couture now. I mean, you look at him then, and 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 you think about the guys now, and he's like he's like a small small middleweight, <laughs> you know, and he was fighting at heavyweight. So um, that you know that especially if you look at it with two thousand twenty one eyes, I mean, you would look at that and think like, how did that fight even get made? But I mean, this is the the sports evolved so much from that time. Yeah, and Randy, so, Couture, um, and Randy Couture was one of a kind in the sport. So. Yeah. yeah. So before we get to the next segment, um, I just have an ask for you, the listener. Um, actually, it's two asks. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, thanks a lot for hitting that. And think about hitting the subscribe button. Uh, you can always unsubscribe in the future, but by subscribing, you'll get multiple shows uploaded directly to the app weekly. And we think that you'll like what you hear. We've got stuff on boxing. We've got pro wrestling. And of course, we've got our weekly in the clinch MMA podcast that's been going on for over a year now. So thanks for listening and please subscribe. Secondly, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, right now you can only do this through the mobile app please give us a five-star rating it's very simple to do and it's beneficial for us as we attempt to climb through the podcast ratings in order to grow the podcast ecosystem it's very much appreciated and one other thing i wanted to mention is that uh, we will be doing special content uh, for our patreon which is five dollars a month 
um, and that has special bonus shows weekly as well as monthly for the different free feeds. So one that's coming up that I'm going to be doing in uh, the next uh, week or so, uh, it should be dropping this weekend actually for New Year's, we're doing an AEW award show. Uh, we're going to call The Hooks. Um, which is uh, it's a cool idea, and we're directly ripping it off from the rap who had their Vaughn Awards. So uh, you can look forward to that uh, dropping in your podcast feed uh, if you're on the Patreon. So that's only five bucks a month, and really for the show we're doing, I mean it's worth the five bucks right there. So uh, yeah, so now that that's out of the way, uh, Ryan, you had wanted to uh, do our own MMA awards. So great timing that I brought that up, and we did this last year, and uh, I think um, and and you know you can check out uh soon probably this weekend there'll be the uh our, our own version of this in written form on fighting media but we have um a little bit more in depth here and we'll, we'll probably talk about you know maybe like some runner-ups and stuff like that but uh, and this will be the bulk of our show because obviously we had no shows to recap and no shows to preview uh like we usually do so uh ryan and and we're both prepared for a change yeah and uh, <laughs> and and i'll also add unlike unlike when we did this last year because the article came out la- last year before before we did our podcast and talked about this we had neither one of us know what the other person picked so this is so oh, yeah, you know right so what what you picked for these we, awards awards is going to be new to me and vice versa so this is a this is also you know yeah. you know good it's a good little thing to do. You know? I'm looking at my list and I'm suspecting we're going to have three the same and the rest are going to be different. Actually, yeah, no, four, because yeah. one is so obvious. One is very obvious. Um, but we'll start with Fighter of the Year. And honestly, this one was the one I spent the most time on because I don't think there was an obvious candidate this year. Um, really? Usually there is. And, and you know, and last year we, I mean, I think I picked Kevin Hall last year, which is kind of dumb in retrospect. But um, I, um, I, I went this year with Charles Oliveira. Um, I think, you know, he only fought twice, but they were both finishes and they were both high profile fights. He won the title the first fight and he defended it the second time. And I think he did more to raise his stock this year in terms of, a champion than anyone. Uh, I think Poye uh, raised his stock as a draw, although that was hurt with probably with the loss to Oliveira in in, this, in the last show. But um, I think in terms of star power, clearly Dustin Poye is is the guy that raised his stock the most. But yeah, Charles Oliveira for me. Oh well, I mean Oliveira is on my list, but I thought this one was kind of one of the more obvious ones. And for me, fighter of the year this year, Kamara Usman, hands down. You know, he's okay. the, his only right. only UFC champion to go three and zero as far as title fights in twenty twenty one. He's only UFC the only fighter who fought in three title fights title fights during the year. Only fighter to defend his title three times. But uh, when you actually look at it, look at it, he beat. You know, number one contender Gilbert Burns finished him. Then comes back two two minute two months late later, first show with fans in the crowd, knocks out his rival Jorge Masvidal in the second round. Then comes back and headlines headlines of Madison Square Garden, wins a decision decision over his other rival Colby Covington. I mean, three three title defenses in a year. Uh, you know, you know, and and on, on top of that, not only that, that he. He became the pound for pound top fighter in the sport, you know, out of all the out of men's and probably out of overall during the year. So I thought, you know, I thought it was clear that a clear Usman at the top 
year at the top of the year year you know just based on accomplishments and title defenses you know and beating top five guys i also had charles Oliveira on my on my list of considerations along with cyril gone uh, max holloway aj mckee and rose nama Yunus. but i thought usman was kind of you know just just the fact he fought three times in three title fights and won all three and finished two of them just i thought that put him a, a cut above everybody else Fair enough. It's hard to argue with it the way you laid it out. And I did obviously consider Usman and he would have been definitely my second choice. I think um, the only reason I, I didn't go with him, I think, was probably just, you know, that I didn't think of Burns and Masvidal as the uh, quality of opponents as as Charles Oliveira beat. So, you know, but again, that the, I mean, that's, that's subjective. And, and I, I certainly am not going to argue too hard oh, wow. with you. And I would imagine that most, you know, most of these awards that are going out, it's probably going to go to Usman. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my, my Oliveira pick is. And I definitely see your point on the Oliveira thing. And that's, a, that's a very strong shot. He's a very strong number two, to be honest. So, so just, to, okay, good. Yeah. Fight of the year. I'll let you go first. Uh, this was a tough one, a tough one. Whenever I started like looking back and compiling my list, because my list here has about 11 or 12 fights on it and all of these I loved, but the fight I loved the most this year was Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler. It's just, it was, there was a lot of wars, but I think, and I think a lot of it was this crowd of Madison square garden really put that kind of a cut above, above everything else. You know, a lot of these fights that are on the list, on the list, when I look at them, you know, Quite a few of them, you know, came in empty arenas and the, and the empty, in, and when I say empty UFC apex, you know, less than 100 people inside the, bu- inside the building, whereas, you know, Madison Square Garden, you had almost 20,000 people, people in there, just the reactions and everything that it was my favorite fight of the year, you know, and I thought it was an all time classic UFC fight. Uh, and this was one that I was pretty sure we were both going to have the same response on and, and we did. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I go with the same, same, same reasons as you, uh, the, for me, like I thought from the second this fight was made, um, you know, hardcore fans were like just salivating, you know, waiting for this fight. And, and we, we were worried that it might not happen for a little while just because of some of the vaccination rules and everything in New York State. But, I mean, you know, you always said all along, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, like the UFC is not going to let this fight fall apart unless somebody gets hurt. And, um, and then, you know, and it did happen. And it was better than we were hoping it would be like it was just incredible um and uh you know and and honestly like the fight that immediately followed it uh was great as well uh qatar and uh and burgos or quarantine on burgos i'm sorry and uh but i mean it you know and again i made the point like if the, if it had been chandler and geishi and they had the exact same fight it may people may have thought of it as even better, but the fact is, is they weren't Chandler and Gaethje, and Chandler and Gaethje had a great freaking fight. Uh, both guys could have finished it in the first round, um, second and third round they slowed down just a bit, but they were still both great. Um, end of the fight, Chandler looked like he'd been through a war, and Gaethje looked like he'd been through a sparring session. But if you watch the fight, Gaethje took a lot of damage. Uh, he just his face showed it a little better than Chandler's did. Um, but did great. Great fight. I do want to point out, you know, uh, three fights that I feel like if they happened in front of a crowd may have swayed things a little bit, especially sure. this first one. Uh, uh, honestly, you know, it was a real toss up between with 
Gian Chandler and uh, the fight between Max Holloway and Yara Rodriguez for me. You know, I think if that yeah. fight had been in front of fans, in front of a, like a full full arena of fan fans, that one might have topped it. Just, I mean, it was incredible. Uh, two other fights that happened inside the apex. You know, that might have that might have been in there in front of a crowd that you know because crowds crowds can make fights. You know, it can make exciting fights mm-hmm. much more better just based on reactions. Uh, uh, and a couple that I want to point out: Santiago Ponzinibbio against Miguel Baeza. That was a great fight, and uh, mm-hmm. Dominic Reyes against Yuri Prochaska. I mean, that was arguably the yeah. best like fight that lasted two rounds or less all year. So, so you know, those those are a few fights I wanted to point out. Point out, I got a list of about eleven or twelve here. That's just you know, all incredible fights. This is really one of the best years of fights I can remember in a long time. I would put um, I would put Clay Guida and Leonardo Santos in the same category as you just put the Yuri Prochaska fight. Although the Prochaska is a higher profile, so it's probably would get more votes. Yeah. But Guida Santos was similar uh, in a way, uh, you yeah. know, the, in in terms of like a short fight that was awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So show of the year, I, my pick is probably going to be one that most people won't have, but I've said this from the second it happened, and I'm sticking by it, and I'm going with UFC. 261 and uh the reason being it was the first show uh back with fans i mean with a full arena I mean, we had uh you know the shows in fight island that had you know i think well even the the last they had like five thousand fans i think at one of those shows um but um this this one was a packed arena in jacksonville and from the moment from the first prelims i mean the first three fights were all like nobody knew who these people were um and you know three chinese fighters that were fighting i think for the first time in ufc or you know maybe second or third but nobody knew who they were and they just the crowd just fed these fighters on they were rabid from the opening you know intro to through the end of the fight um and you know the first three fights were awesome the main card was we had three title fights that all ended in finishes. We had the the top two, the the other two main card fights had freak and more memorable endings where you had the Jimmy Crute with his dropped foot, and then you had the horrific injury on Chris Weidman against Uriah Hall. Um, the, you know that was incredibly ironic. Um, I just I just thought this show was was incredible, and I know that we've had shows that maybe had better fights, and you know, and and maybe even better atmosphere, but for after 13 months of empty arenas, this was this was incredible to watch. And I just soaked it in and was like on such a high when the show was over. It was incredible. That was definitely in my list. And and obviously uh, some of the re- some of the camera cage side camera reactions from from Rogan, DC and Anik, you know, off that show that have become huge memes and everything. But, you know, that was just that was a special night. And I mean, and that one. That one uh, was probably, at worst, number three on my list and could have been number one. Number one, honestly, I went a little more recency bias and went with UFC 269 in December. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought UFC 269 kind of encapsulated the entire UFC year. It ended with a guy who who many thought would never become a champion ending an incredible year with two great two great championship wins and Charles Oliveira you had the the greatest women's fighter 
of all time get you know lose in a huge upset to somebody everybody counted out counted out in Juliana Pena. You had just you had some great you had some great fights. You had you know arguably the two best rounds of the year year on that show. You had great moments like you know the Tai Tui Vas Vasa finish and post fight celebration. Just everything about that was just absolutely incredible. You you had Dominic Cruz coming back you know getting knocked down and coming back coming back from from that. You had Sean O'Malley with arguably his you know his his ultimate performance thus far of his thus far of his career. Uh, you had you know great fights. You had great fight between between uh, Josh Emmett and Dan Ige. You had just great. It was just a great show up and down. And yeah, there's probably a little bit of recency bias going into that into that. But I mean, it was a strong year of shows, a strong year of pay-per-view shows, pay-per-view shows. I mean, and, uh, also wanted to mention, you know, you had Kai Car France knocking out, knocking out Cody Garbrand, you know, and just a crazy fight. So, yeah. So, I mean, you had a lot of, there was a lot of fun stuff on that show and there was a lot of fun stuff on, on these shows. And honestly, if you pick between UFC 269, UFC 268, 261, and a few of these apex shows, especially later in the year, like the Aldo font show, or even the last show of the year that we had, had just a couple weeks ago, but with uh, Lewis and Dawkins, I mean, just all kinds of great shows, great shows all year. You had that incredible stretch, uh, that UFC 267 from uh, Abu Dhabi, and then UFC 268, and then the fight night that immediately followed it. I think that was Holloway Rodriguez. Those three shows in a row were just like three, probably the three best shows in a row in UFC history. Yeah. Like if if you're going with a three fight block. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I knew you were going to pick UFC 269. And and I mean, honestly, all things equal, that would have been my pick as well for all the reasons you said. I just think that the fact that it was the first show with fans put, you know, put that one over for me. But if you were like, if it was like UFC moment of the year or something like that, then for sure, you know, like just that whole show for me. But yeah. Um, okay, so breakthrough fight of the year. I have a feeling we might have the same pick, but I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, when I now I this is this is tough because when I think of breakthrough fighter of the year, I kind of look at it of look at it of who kind of stepped up from being not in a main event spot in 2020 to being a bona fide main event event in 2021. And when I look at it that way, the clear choice for breakthrough fighter of the year is Cyril gone. I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. So just, I mean, he, you know, he finished 2020 strong, 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 you know, knocked out junior dos Santos was kind of on the bottom level of the, of the top 10. I think he was number seven coming into his first fight, but, you know, but to, you know, come into, 2021 only 7 in a career and in the year with a UFC title wrapped around your waist you know granted it's an interim title but you know you have that belt wrapped around your waist you're set up for for you know one of the biggest heavyweight title fights of all time coming up here here in just in less than a month you know I think you know as far as like breaking through to becoming a household name it's Cyril gone Okay. And, and, you know, and I always have a hard time with this because I kind of, if you're looking at it in that, the way you just described it, then yeah, Cyril Gaon is obviously a choice. And you could have, if, 
if Chris Daukas had beaten Derek Lewis, I think he would he would qualify there as well because he went from a guy that had just started in UFC at the end of 2020 to you know being in the main event of the last show of the year. So to me, like that on its own, I almost went with Chris Daukas um, just for that alone. And if he had a one, I definitely would have gone with him. Uh, but my pick, and again, I'm looking at it a slightly different from you, and I'm looking at it more as a guy who maybe went from someone that nobody really knew about, or maybe you know hardcore fans knew who they were, but by the end of the year felt like a big star not necessarily a main eventer but a guy that oh my god i can't wait till he fights again and for me that was tied to ivasa um i just like he i think he fought three times this year um and they were all knockouts and he just get progressively bigger like and then the last two were on big big shows um you know he had the the one in july um at the international fight week and then this the last one um at you know in las vegas um at t-mobile and to me like the the crowd energy for him the promo the shoeys like just everything like this is a guy that if you saw him in his last two fights you absolutely cannot wait to see him fight again and to me that's that's a breakthrough yeah. so that, yeah. that was my yeah i don't and i, I want to point out a few others i considered for this sure stockus was one of them uh sean brady was another one i considered i considered um you know he went from unranked to to like i think like seventh right now uh giga chikadze was another one that i thought because you know he went sure. from a prelim fighter to being in possibly a number one contender about next uh chris curtis you know you know, we all know that we talk yeah. about the story of Chris Curtis and just his just incredible last, last couple of years, last couple of months, you know, being in the UFC. And then two other ones I thought about were Kai Carr France and Andre Muniz for this one. Okay. And uh, I, um, I, and I would add uh, to those names you just mentioned, uh, even though one of the fights was a no contest and he probably would have lost, but Bilal Muhammad. Yeah. Um, especially the way he finished the year. Uh, you know, he went from a guy who, you know, we joked about, I could never remember if he was ranked and to where he just beat a guy uh, that's a former title challenger and is most almost definitely a future title challenger now, uh, Bilal Muhammad. So, yeah. Um, okay, so fighters to watch in 2022. I mean, so you 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 classify this as fighters as opposed to everyone. Other one was fighter or oh, you know, I did. like match I of. I didn't know that. But so yeah. I don't know if that was a typo. So I I did pick more than one, and yeah, the, I, these weren't in I, I any particular order. But if you have a, um, if you so have got, if you have one in particular, in particular, okay. do that one first. So if I had to pick one. I and and you know I guess for me this would be the similar to the category we have on the Fight Game Media Awards um, of um, who's next. Yeah. And for me that's Alex Pereira. Um, and uh, you know he fought once, and it was everything we hoped it would be. Uh, well, not necessarily everything because the first round was a little slow, but he started to figure things out at the end of the first round. And then he came out at the beginning of the second round and had a incredible knockout. One of the best knockouts of the year um, uh, over uh, Andres Michaelitis, I think, believe was the name of yeah. the opponent. Um, and and he's a guy that, you know, they signed for a very specific reason. He did what he needed to do in his first fight. He's going to get progressively harder fighters. And if everything works out. This will be a guy that, you know, by the end of 2022, he's going to be headlining and probably the end of 2023 is going to be fighting for the title. Okay. Who's, uh, I'll give you mine. Uh, so some of the other names I had. I was going to say, I'll give you mine and then we can go over some of our others because I have a yeah. feeling like our others, we might have 
a lot similar because because I do have Alex Pereira sure. on my others list list, but uh, okay, my one that I picked uh, was Ian Gary. Uh, you know, oh. you know, the Irish welterweight made a GFC debut at Madison Square Garden, knocked out uh, Jordan Williams, I think, in the uh, first first round. Had that great post fight promo talking about how this is the second coming of Irish fighters. You know, twenty four years old, undefeated, seven and zero. Just, just, I mean, he's got all the tools tools to be, you know, just be a breakout star come come twenty twenty two. So and I completely forgot about Ian Gary, but I totally just remembered a name that I would have put above Alex Pereira, and that's Patty Pimblett. He's on. Um, he's and, on my he's other not, list. He's yeah. not. He's not on my list. But I, that's just me forgetting because I have old man brain. But um, Patty Pimblett is definitely a name to a guy to watch in 2022 for sure. My other names were uh, Manel Cop. Uh, Chris Curtis, who you mentioned earlier as, as a breakthrough contender and, and honestly, and this one's going to sound weird, but, um, Kamzat Chemaev, um, you know, he's, I mean, we mentioned him at the end of last year and, and he, he but I mean, he's a guy to watch, yeah. uh, because he's going to be doing some special things in 2023, I think, yeah. or 2022. Yeah. A few others I had on my list, a uh, couple of female flyweights, Aaron Blanchfield and Casey O'Neill, and, uh, two, sure. Two flyweights who have who are signed with the UFC but haven't debuted yet, Jake Hadley and Muhammad Mokayev. Those guys could easily be in title contention a year from now. So, so you know, those are sure. some of my fires to watch for 2022. Mokayev, he was supposed to debut right, and this fight got pulled off. Or am I thinking of somebody else? You're thinking of somebody else. He's supposed to debut in, on the okay. uh, on the London card. Same with Hadley. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, okay, so uh, knockout of the year. What do you got? I got the Sergio Pettis over Kyoji Horiguchi knockout. I thought there was a lot of a oh, lot yeah. of crazy contenders spinning back fist in the fourth round of a fight that you're losing. I mean, that's a great comeback. You know, a great, great, great finish. There was a lot of great finishes finishes this year. This year, uh, Corey Sanhagen's flying the Frankie Edgar. Yeah, the Ignacio Bahamandes, you know, spinning wheel kick of Roosevelt Roberts. And then you had uh, Yuri Prochaska's spinning elbow finish of Dominic Reyes. I mean, there's a lot of great finishes this year. So mine, you you mentioned, uh, and it was Corey Seinhagen and Frankie Edgar. But uh, I definitely um, would have the Bahamandes Baham, uh, doing the uh, the shoot blackout, um, you know, for the pro wrestling fans, yeah. uh, which I think they still don't even have a name for that yet in AW, but they they should be calling it the blackout. Um, but but yeah, that was uh, that. To me, that was big because it was Frankie Edgar. You've never seen that happen to Frankie Edgar before. And then we saw it again later. Not not quite as dynamic, but um, this was the uh, this was kind of the end of Frankie Edgar, I think, uh, as as any kind of serious contenders. Right. Um, so for submission of the year, I think we might have the same one because okay. <laughs> you did a pretty good rant on this one after it happened. And uh, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez over Rodolfo Vieira. Um, I mean, we're never going to see this again. Um, I, I, there's no other choice for me. That's, that's the one I have. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah, I don't even have a, I don't even have a runner up. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know that if it was the best actual submission of the year, but just the circumstances, uh, you know, surrounding yeah. it, surrounding it. I mean, when it comes to best pure submission of the year, it might actually be Andre Muniz breaking Jacare Souza's arm 
arm or even sure. Brandon Moreno and, yep. you know, submitting Davison Figueredo in the title fight, even Clay Guida submitting Leonardo Santos, you know, a lot of great submissions, yeah. but just the circumstances of, of, you know, a guy nicknamed Fluffy submitting a, a you know, a hundred time Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion, you know, just, just the circumstances like and, that's and- crazy. And what was the the stat you had? It was like basically like I think uh, how many different grand national champions had not one of them had ever been submitted in MMA, Something and like and this happened here. Yeah, and, and Anthony Hernandez. Number, yeah. I don't even know if he'd ever had a submission or something. You know, like it was just incredible. Yeah. Um. You know, and and luckily Vieta came back and and submitted uh, the guy that he fought in his next fight. I feel like Anthony Smith had had at least one really good one as well. The uh, Ryan Span. The Ryan Span one. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So that, yeah, I figured we'd have the same one there. Uh, and we may have the same one on this one. What was your round of the year? I did a Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, the first round. So just, that was okay. just an absolute, okay. that was an absolute incredible back and forth round. And they hit each other with over a hundred significant strikes during the round. And it's a little bit of recency bias, but, but I mean, that was a fantastic first round. Okay, so I, I when I said earlier that I spent the most time thinking about fight of the year, that's a lie because it was actually this one because I have such a bad memory for re- specific rounds and there were so many good ones. Like, And if you've listened to the show on a regular basis, you know, it feels like every week we're talking about a potential round of the year. And there was one I was trying to figure out where it was, it was a round where it was a clear 10-8 with about a minute to go. And then by the end of the round, you were almost considering giving it to the other guy. And, and then, so it was, I think at that one, it was like one where you either went 10, nine, the one guy or 10, nine, the other guy, even though it was pretty clear going to be a 10, eight at one point. And then the other guy, the guy that was losing ended up winning the fight at the end. Uh, do you remember the one I'm talking about? Does that the sound? Rob Dallas, and Marlon Marais. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Moraes hurt him really bad, yeah. and and he almost finished it with Jason Hergo was the ref, right? Yeah, and and let them fight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the one that I probably would have picked, but I didn't remember it, so I didn't pick it. Um, <laughs> so I went with Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler round one um, <laughs> for all the reasons that I picked it for fight of the year. Um, I just thought it was an incredible uh, first round, and and again, there was many many rounds that were similar to this um, in in uh, the UFC this year, but just because of the stage it was on and the anticipation that people had going into the fight and it over delivering. Um, both guys nearly finished the other one at different points in the round. Um, that, that to me for, for me was, was the second best round of the year. If I would have remembered Marais and Davalashvili. Yeah, this is, yeah, that's also tough to go back and try to remember because you're trying to remember particular fights. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple other ones I thought, you know, great were, uh, the Nunez Pena, the second round that was the, yeah the Oliver Chandler the first round of that fight was great was fantastic very similar to the Oliver Poirier first round uh the Yuri Prochaska Dominic Reyes first round was another one and then that Max Holloway Calvin Cater I think it was round four it was where Holloway yeah. just had just this absolutely just incredible round it's just more of a one-man show than anything anything but yeah but yeah rounds of the year are hard because you really gotta you really gotta go back and try to remember a lot of stuff you know that's that's a tough one 
Wasn't okay, and uh, I was I almost went with Holloway Rodriguez round one, but I yeah. couldn't remember if it was as good as what I was remembering it as, or if it was one. But didn't like Rodriguez stun him a couple times, and yeah, where you almost a... thought that he might be able to get a finish. Yeah, that was, I think that was in the first round too, if I remember correctly. Okay, yeah. So that and and again, like I stayed away from Max Holloway on this because uh, everyone knows he's my favorite yeah. fighter, and I didn't want to feel biased. But I, I I mean I almost went with him for fighter of the year yeah. to be honest with you, um, and, because he. Had had two just incredible fights this year like and, unbelievable fights and, and like i brought up brought up last week when i was running down the stats i don't know about everybody but me you know just ufc i watched 509 fights this year just out of the ufc and trying to remember a particular round out of all of that yeah. all that can be a little daunting challenge I may have watched more fights than you this year. Like if you're just talking about first run, because I watched every single PFL fight. I watched all the contender series fights. Yeah, I watched I, all the ultimate fighter fights, you know, and watched, you watched, you know, I watched all as the well. I watched all the contender and all of the ultimate fighter. I didn't watch a ton of PFL and I didn't watch. I watched a lot of, I watched the Bellator big stuff, but like, you know, Bellator yeah. prelims and some of these lower main card fights. I, I miss, I miss just cause Friday night I'm busy. Yeah. Time. <laughs> Time. Sure. And and I usually watch them later on in the weekend. And I actually watch a lot of the Bellator undercards and miss the main cards just because I like to watch things in order. And if I didn't have time to finish it, I didn't finish it because I don't really care about Bellator. I just put it on because it's fighting. So I did watch a lot of fights this year, too. But my memory is is horrible. Um, OK. Uh, ups of the year. They, I don't even know if we need to talk about it because it was probably the, it may have been the best. It was the upset of all time. Um, Peña over Nunez, right? Yeah, yeah, and but yeah. I also kind of wanted to do this category to point out some other other ones. You know, obviously it's Peña sure. Nunez. I don't really think we need to get much into that, but uh, a couple other ones: uh, Jan Blakovich beating Israel Adesanya. I mean, I thought I think yep. everybody was picking. You know, even with the size difference, was picking Adesanya to win that fight. He, you know, even you know uh, another one: Terence McKinney. Over Matt Frivola, uh, McKinney took the fight like on like five days notice and then knocked Frivola out in seven seconds. You know, that's kind of, you know, that was yeah. a big one. Uh, Gerald Mushart over Mahmoud Mirodov. Mirodov was you know, yep. one like had like a ridiculously long win streak and was, you know, was handling people easily in the UFC and, and was handling Mearshart early, but Mearshart made the comeback, come back, you know, and submitted him. And another one was uh, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez over Rodolfo Vieira. Vieira, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that one as well. And, and really like before the Nunez, I mean, that I think would have been my pick. Yeah. Um, and then the other one we should go with i'm just trying to pull it up because i'm drawing a blank on on the name but um i would go with uh chris curtis and phil haas yeah, yeah um, another you know one. especially the way it happened because i mean it, the knockout kind of came out of nowhere um and then even the second fight against brendan allen like he beat two like really good uh fighters you know like this wasn't just like this was a guy coming out of nowhere with late notice fights and getting two wins that's a big enough story but to beat phil haas and brendan allen um that's pretty incredible and this guy is a welterweight moving up a weight class because he took a fight on short notice so um i would definitely include uh chris curtis in there uh for both those fights but specifically the phil haas one yeah that's a good one um okay 
And then uh, comeback of the year. So you said we could do fight or fighter, and and I I went with both, and I imagine you have names for both as well. So what what was your comeback of the year? My my actual pick for comeback of the year was was uh, based on a career comeback, and I picked Charles Oliveira, just because of okay. uh, of you know, granted he was coming into the end of this year on an eight fight win streak off a big win over Tony, Tony Ferguson. But when you looked at his, his career, having been in the UFC for 10 plus years and having that stretch where he lost the cent, you know, where he was seven and seven with one, no con contest and being finished in all seven of his losses, losses just to have that come back to the career and then ending it with being, you know, arguably, you know, he might be an unbeatable champion at 155 right now. Just, <laughs> just absolutely, just, just incredible, and how much he improved. Just, you know, just even just this year, I like, like I picked him like overall as comeback of the year, comeback fighter of the year, whatever you want to call that. Sure, I I would have a hard time picking him for comeback of the year, but maybe comeback you know, of the last three years, just because he came in with eight fights in a row, you know, on an eight fight win streak. So for me, like that kind of almost disqualifies you from comeback of the year. But I mean, you made a good point and, and certainly his story, I mean, it's a great comeback story. And, and so if you want to talk about, you know, like his career, you know, coming from, you know, at the beginning of the year, people were saying he didn't even deserve to be in a title fight. And now you talk about him as, an unbeatable lightweight champion like that's a pretty incredible turnaround so um it's it's hard to argue so i will go with you know just to be different um not to say a fighter but to in, in terms of a fight and it's for me it was clay guida and leonardo santos um where guida was just getting mauled and you know people were saying that the fight should have been stopped like several times but you you made this astute point that you know if you really looked at it he was he wasn't taking as much damage as it looked like he was taking and he was fighting back and trying to get a way out of it and by the end of the first round he was winning and then he finished you know he submitted santos very early in the second round because santos gassed himself out trying to finish so for me that was the comeback in terms of a fight um, in terms of a fighter, um, I went with Kamzat Chemaev because people, you know, he had retired at one point this year. And then, you know, he was talking about how he wasn't sure if he was going to fight again. And then when he did come back, people thought, you know what, he's fighting Jingling Li, who is a top welterweight. And does he have enough to beat him? And he arguably looked more impressive than he had in any of his previous fights. I mean, he had the quick finishes, but he dominated a guy you know a top 15 fighter and uh so to me that you know for me that was the comeback of the year this would be like the you know the traditional like in a regular sport i think you would give a guy that retired because of covid coming back and winning a fight so impressively would would get an award like that yeah yeah i I agree with that and another you know, comeback fighter of the year based on story, even though he had a good win streak coming in and would be Glover Teixeira, just, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. winning, winning a title at age 43, you know, that's a crazy. And as far as like fights, you know, where you had great comebacks, the Clay Guida's on my list, uh, Dominic Cruz in the Pedro Munoz fight, fight where he got knocked Mm -hmm. down and almost finished in the first, uh, Marab Davosvili and Marlon Marais, you know, that was on my list. Yeah. And, uh, Derek Lewis against Curtis Blades where Blades dominated him in the first (laughs) round. And then Lewis, you know, figured Blades out and finished him right there at the beginning of the second. So yeah, that was, those were kind of on my list. Did he get cut yet? 
Blitz, or, or did he like? I mean, his his contract was up at 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 the, after his last fight uh, at a uh, okay two two sixty six. You know the the which whatever uh, I forgot who he fought off the top of my my top of my head. But anyway, his contract that was the last fight on his contract, and I haven't heard anything yet about him. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because we talked a lot about that going in and then haven't heard a thing since. So um, I guess no news is good news. Well, depending on what you're hoping for. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's it for our awards. But you also, we just wanted to maybe go over some of our favorite moments of 2021 in MMA, um, not necessarily inside of the cage. So, I mean, for me, it was the return of fans. Um, it was con- the end of the Conor McGregor, the second fight, um, you know, where he just looked like defeated, broken. Um, and, uh, you know, AJ McKee uh, winning that tournament in Bellator was maybe the biggest moment outside of UFC um, of the year and, and was, a, was a big one for me. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, obviously fans coming back was, was a great moment. AJ McKee winning, winning the tournament was also on my list. Uh, another one of my favorite moments, which is kind of on the more on the hilarious side of MMA was Yoel Romero thinking that his Bellator fight was a five, five round fight and him oh, yeah. playing after that. Like it just, just, you know, it was just like, I thought it was five, five, you know, I was just getting warmed up, uh, you know, just Poirier, Dustin Poirier coming, becoming a star with those two McGregor fights. I mean, Charles Oliveira, Glover Tischera, their t- career turnaround, turnarounds. Uh, going, you know, me personally, going back to events after, you know, kind of, you know, missing a lot, you know, a lot, a lot, you know. And, you know, just, you know, just a lot of fun fights, a lot of fun moments, you know, and just, just craziness and just, you know. All that, yeah, I mean, I just thought of a I just getting COVID, getting COVID couple. at it, getting COVID at yeah. a UFC event was a moment of the year for me as well. So, I, I just thought of a couple more. Um, Uriah Hall's reaction um, after Chris Weidman's injury, yeah, I thought yeah, was yeah. Uh, was memorable. Just the way he composed himself, and he was clearly concerned about Weidman, but he knew he had a job to do, and he accepted the victory, but he clearly wasn't happy about it. Um, and uh, as well. Dustin Poirier, after the Charles Oliveira fight, when he he told him, you know, kind of off camera, but you could hear it. Uh, well, it was on camera, but off mic. Um, you know, hey, I want to donate some money. You know, just let me know your favorite charity. I'm going to donate $20,000. Like, you know, just showed what what a class guy that Dustin Poirier is. Um, and, you know, we all knew it, but, you know, this was like showing right in front of your eyes. And I just thought that was that was great. Um, and, um, you know, and Rose Namajunas, um, her reaction uh, when she beat uh, Weili Zhang the second time, like, it, it, you know, it almost brought a tear to your eye and brought a lot of tears to her eyes um those were those were some great moments yeah um and pena pena beating nunez i mean i guess we neither one of us mentioned it but i mean that was incredible and no one saw it coming and for me it was tainted by her post-fight promo but that's just me i just hate her anyways so yeah and uh and I know we talked about, it, but Tai Tuivasa and his and it's just oh, everything, yeah. everything about po- about after the Augusto Sakai, Sakai just you know just doing the shoeies and just drinking the beer and just wanting to enjoy life in his po- post fight interview like like I mean that was that was fantastic as well. 
Yeah, those are those are great. Um, okay, so now uh, we look back and we'll look ahead and uh, we'll talk about five fights uh, we each want to see in 2022. Um, so you said some that are obvious that maybe have already been made, you know, or ones that we want to see get made. Um, so I'll let you start. Okay. Uh... Do you want me to go through my entire list, or we want to go one by one? Oh, let's let's do one. Uh, let's do one at a time. Okay. Uh, the number one on my list. I, I didn't. I don't have these on particular order, but I'll just go by by what I have at the top here. Uh, would be Francis Nagano against John Jones. I mean, I think I think I had that on my fight. So I want to see in twenty twenty one, and it last year, and it never happened. But it's gonna keep it's gonna keep on being on this list until we see it because uh, that is the fight I want to see more than anything in in UFC or MMA. Okay, and I obviously that was at the top of my list. Um, and again, it wasn't in any particular order, but it was the first one I thought of, so I put it at the top of my list. So I will go with, um, uh, you know, and if anybody that knows me knows, yeah, I want to see this fight, and that's Max Holloway against not Peter Yan um, or Alexander Vol- Volkanovsky. Why did I say Peter Yan? I always get those two mixed up for some reason. I want to see Max Holloway against Conor McGregor. <laughs> Max Holloway brought it up, and we saw that fight once before. Um, Holloway is clearly at a higher level at this point, way higher level than Conor McGregor, except for the fact that Conor McGregor's fighting, you know, either one or two weight classes ahead of him. And to me, that fight fascinates me, and I want to see it, and I want to see Max Holloway get paid. So I, I'm going with Holloway and McGregor. Okay, off the books. Okay. Uh, next on my list, this is an obvious one that we know is going to happen. It's just such an exciting matchup that I want to see it. And that's Charles Oliveira against Justin Gaethje. I think that's just going to be an absolutely incredible fight. And I don't care if it happens in Brazil, Abu Dhabi, Japan, United States, Canada, wherever. I want to see that fight. You know, it's just, it's got all the makings of just, uh, you know, you know, we talked about, we talked about, about, you know, everybody was expecting Gaethje and Chandler just to be the fight of the year going in and lived up to expectations. When I look at this fight, I'm, t- I'm thinking higher expectations than that fight. Okay. Um, and so I will go with, this is a fight that you actually suggested uh, in your uh, wrap-up column. I think it was last week uh, or your roundup column, I should say. Um, and that would be Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa, um, especially after, you know, we saw both of them come off big wins I mean, unfortunately, one of these guys would have to lose, but uh, fortunately, one of them would have to win and would get to cut a great promo, would have a great moment. Maybe somebody's going to throw a cup in the crowd. Somebody's definitely going to drink beer out of a shoe. Uh, Somebody, you know, might do a belly flop in the corner. Who knows what will happen? But we know that it'll be great and we know it'll be in front of fans. And I definitely want to see that fight. All right, that's a good one. I didn't have that one on my list, but uh, all right, third, third, <laughs> or third. Uh, I have this one. I have this one, and I think this makes for a super interesting matchup. Uh, Peter Yan against TJ Dillashaw. I think those two oh. are the best bantamweights in the world, and I love. I love that kind of style of matchup of Peter Yan just with his his boxing against TJ Dillashaw with his just all around striking and movement and his kickboxing. It just makes for such an interesting styles clash. Styles clash, and I mean, I expect to see it. You know, if Yan beats Sterling, I expect that to see that sometime in the middle part of twenty twenty two. 
Okay, so uh, because you already stole one of my picks, um, I just thought of another one, and it's in the same division that you just mentioned, and it is a, a fight that I never, ever, ever thought I would see, never thought I wanted to see, until I saw them both fight on the same card, and that is Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz. Um, and I think we're going to see that fight, uh, and I definitely want to see it, and I, I want to see the winner go for a title when it's done. All right. Uh, next on my list, this is a fight that has to happen this year. If it does not happen this year, this is just it's just stupidity. Oh, uh, uh, this is on my list too. I know what you're going to say. Colby Covington against Jorge Masvidal. Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a fight that just has to happen. It's it's been it's been too long in the making to happen. Happen, you know. And we were supposed to get it in in 2021 until other circumstances got in the way. Book it 2022. There's no fight that makes sense for either either guy. And it's a fight I want to see just because we know the buildup will be great. And and I could see either I could see this fight ending in 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 ways for both guys. I could see Masvidal knocking Covington out, which I think everybody would enjoy. But I could I could also see Covington just absolutely manhandling Masvidal as well. So, but it's just it's an interesting fight to me, and and I think a lot of more of the buildup is what I want to see to it too as well. Yeah, especially if they coach the Ultimate Fighter, like yeah. has been rumored. Um, so you have one more fighter in your list, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to steal it, you and I'm going yeah. to pick. I have two left, but one of them is going to be your fifth one, and it is uh, Yuri Prochaska and Glover Teixeira. I don't have that on my list. Did I get that right? I don't have that oh, on my okay. list. Oh, okay. I thought for sure you would. I thought for sure you would. But, I mean, we're going to see this fight, clearly. Um, Prochaska, I think he earned a title shot uh, with his with his last fight, and Teixeira is a champion. And to me, this is kind of reminiscent, in a way, of the fight that I talked about earlier in the show with, uh, if you really think about it, with Tim Sylvia and Randy Couture. Um, you know, in, in you know the two styles clashes, and you got the big guy. I think Yuri Prochaska is a much, 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 much better fighter than Tim Sylvia ever was. Um, but, you know, I mean, the sport's evolved a lot, and Glover Teixeira is probably a better fighter than uh, Randy Couture, too. Um, and this is, you know, the young gun against the old vet. This is a guy that fought forever to get his title and you got the guy that everyone's been crowning as a future champion since before he even signed in UFC. Yeah. So I, I definitely think we're going to see this fight and I want to see it. If we, if we had 10 fights, 10 fights to come up with, that'd be on my list. But yeah, that's, I love that matchup and I fully expect that we'll be seeing that happen in May. And okay. Glover Teixeira is already, already bringing in training partners to, with the expectation that that's what's happening next. Is that, is that the Brazil show or that's the, the Brazil, sh Brazil show, Brazil show, the plan Brazil pay-per-view show. Sure. Okay. So what's your last one? Uh, Kamara Usman against Kamzat Chemaev. <laughs> I think that's oh, just, plain wow. and, just plain and simple. I, th you know, you know, wow. I think, uh, I think especially at the end of the year, give Chemaev two more wins. I think by just by December it could happen. I don't know. I don't necessarily know that it will actually happen in 2022, but I've come around on wanting to see that fight. You know, when I think long and hard okay. about it, hard about it, I I want to see that fight. I want to see him fight 
Bahlal Muhammad before he gets to Kamara Usman yeah, and see yeah, how course, he does with Bahlal Muhammad. Of course, I think Chimaev has to have a couple more win, wins, and obviously yeah, Usman but has specifically Bahlal Muhammad. Yeah, and Usman obviously has to defend the title and keep it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, I I that one did not really expect you to say that, and for me, like. I do want to see that fight at some point. I just not sure if I want to see it in 2022. I want to see it when I'm a little more confident that Chimaev's going to win because I think Chimaev's got like crossover star potential um, that Kamar Usman will never have. Um, I think he's as big a star as he's ever going to be right now. Um, and I think Chimaev has a potential to be bigger. So yeah. I want but him one, to be ready. Yeah, I think Chimaev has a potential to be a big, a huge star. I think he needs to cut out. I think the one thing he needs to do is to cut out the post-fight promos of saying he's going to kill everybody. I don't think that. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I know what he means. I know what he means. Yeah. Use use words other than kill everybody, especially when you're so, especially when people want to like look in his background and see who he's associated with. Yeah. With who's who's the other guy? Who's the other guy that always talks about killing people? Um, Sean Strickland, knucklehead. Yeah, yeah. That's the name I thought of. So did you hear a comment he said today? No. He said he would disown his own son if his own son was gay. Oh yeah, that sounds. That's par for the course for him. Yeah. yeah, that's on brand. Yeah. Um, okay, so my last fight, it, even though it has lost a little bit of luster uh, because of the result on the last show, I still want to see it. And and in some ways, I think it actually has a little bit more intrigue because of the fact that one of these people just lost. And that is Kayla Harrison and Amanda Nunez. Um, I want to see that fight. Um, I'm a big Kayla Harrison fan. Um, I considered her for fight of the year. Uh but I mean, the, her quality of opposition wasn't there, but I mean, she mowed through, you know, four people and won a million bucks. And I mean, she did, you know, she, she beat everybody she was supposed to beat and she couldn't have done any better. It's just, you know, I, I, you know, she didn't have the quality of opposition, but I definitely want to see that fight. Okay. Real quick. I kind of cheated. I have a six fight, <laughs> but okay. And it's also a fight. Well, that I did I, too. I, it's also a fight that I don't think we'll see in 2022. It's more for 2023. It's just that the idea of this matchup, it matchup from, from the moment he signed has me intrigued. And that's Israel out of signing against Alex Pereira. And I'll just leave it at that. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um. So, you know, last year when we did this, this show, I think we did who will be the champion in each division at the end of the year. And I'm pretty sure both of us got every single one wrong. I think I, I had. I, I might be I think wrong I had, about that. I think I had Sterling at bantamweight, which you know. You may have. You may have. I can't um, really. Yeah, because I, I can't I, really remember. I didn't go back and listen to it, and I didn't want to necessarily task. You I with didn't going either, to, but I don't want to listen to. It. I think maybe we might have had Arasanya. Um, we might know, have yeah. as a middleweight champion. Yeah. yeah. Um, that might be the end, and, and I'm, I'm almost positive we had Nunez. Oh, we would have had Nunez as the bantamweight. We probably champion both had Usman. Um, we probably both had Usman still as welterweight champion. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But yeah. I know we went out on the limb on a few of them, and and obviously, I th- no, you know what? You picked you picked Sean Brady, I think. No, I didn't. <laughs> I might have. Are you sure? Yeah, I can't remember if I had Jones or Nagano at heavyweight. 
Okay. Oh, I no, you definitely had Jones. I remember yeah. that. I and, remember. And I think I might have had. Like, I Steve remember. Or I remember having Yuri Prochaska as my light heavyweight. Yes. But I, with also the disclaimer, if he gets a title shot during 2021, yeah. which I mean, he only fought once this year, and probably should have would have fought a second time for a time for a title. But I mean, but yeah, uh, I think yeah. I had Holloway at Stuff 145. Happened. I think we both had Connor at 155. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I think um, we probably, and, yeah, I think we we might have both had Rose at 115. I can't remember. We bef- we definitely both had Shevchenko at 125. Women's with yeah, 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 yeah. For we sure. definitely both had Nunez at women's 135 and 45. Yeah, <laughs> which I is did, wrong. I know uh, neither one. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Because I know neither one of us had Brandon Moreno at 125. Them. No, 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 no. In fact, I think you might have had Manel Cop, um, and I might have figured Devison figured. Oh no, we had Cody. Yeah, I think, I think we had Cody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So because we were, we're not doing in, that this year because we were going into the year thinking that Cody was going to get a title yeah. shot right away at one twenty five, not you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was a bad call. Um, okay, so uh, we're not doing that again this year because no. we did really bad this year, and we've learned our lesson on uh, predictions. Um, we're we're much better at reviewing things that already happened than figuring out what's going to happen. Except for you in making fights. Um, okay, so your next thing you, we want to talk about, and uh, you had a, a great idea for for this segment. So uh, why don't you uh, tell us what we got to talk about? Yeah, for our we want to talk about. To in the year of 2021, just just kind of want to talk about some of these fighters who, you know, called it a career at the end of this, at you know during 2021. And the list was actually when I was compiling the list, you know, and I had a little help from MMA Junkie. You know, they compiled the list, and I was like looking at it, and you really think like. There's a lot of big names who called it a career this year, you know, especially, you know, if you've become a fan over the last 10 year, 10 years, a lot of really recognizable names have uh, called it a career. And I'll kind of turn it over to you if you want to kind of start going down the list a little bit, if you have it okay. pulled up. Uh, yeah, I have it pulled up. Um, so I was actually the very first name on the list. I didn't even realize he was retired. Uh, Nick Lentz. Um, you know, I, I, uh, and that was way back in January. So, um, I guess, yeah, when I, when I thought of it, um, and then, uh, I, another one stood out for me because it was my birthday, um, James Vick and another one that I, uh, I didn't realize that he had retired, but I guess he got knocked out in his first fight after he left. Now, is he doing coaching now? I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Who is it that I'm, that? Okay. So I'm thinking there's somebody else that's obvious that is kind of like J- James Vick that has been doing doing really well in coaching this year. Like well, you're you, thinking about I've probably uh, James Kraus. That's exactly who I'm thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think James um, Kraus. Vick, is, James Kraus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think James Kraus no, has actually a long time. retired though. Oh, okay. So he's still technically a fighter. Yeah, I thought he fought um, this year. And then. Uh, Okay. Uh, and uh, Stefan Struve, who I think I might have mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, if I didn't, I was thinking about him. Um, yeah, he retired in February. And uh, as well, Paul Kelly, who, uh, uh, yeah, he kind of had to fight, retire uh, due to some out-of-the-cage stuff. Um, and then uh, you want to go over some of these other names? I, yeah. The next I'm one gonna, you probably don't want to mention, but... but I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, jump over. The guy you, that... Uh, I'll you, jump over. Well, you, you want to talk about... Few, there's a few, there's a few later in the year that 
talk talk a little bit more about uh, uh here's one uh jimmy flick a sudden retire retirement he had a, he had a crazy he had a crazy ufc he fought for years to try to make it the ufc he made it on the contender series had one fight in the ufc got performance of the night with a flying triangle then all of a sudden decided you know the ufc wasn't his dream anymore and walked away from the sport you know so that one was crazy uh alan joban how'd you skip over leonard garcia you skipped over oh, leonard I did garcia skip over we talked leonard about garcia. earlier i did skip over leonard garcia just probably because i don't know why i don't know why you know just it, the fact that he'd been fighting in bare knuckle for a long time, I guess, you know. Okay. Skipped over that one. Uh, yeah, I didn't even realize he was still active. I did skip but, over Aaron um, Chalmers, but I don't think Aaron Chalmers was, yeah, yeah, was big enough name. You know, he was just fairly a reality yep. TV star who only fought seven times, you know. But, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we had Alan Joban. You know, he's kind of, you know, he's cut himself out a good career as an analyst on UFC programming programming. So he's not away from the sport. Uh, same with the next one, Paul Felder, who's, uh, you know, and he's yeah. been talking about possibly coming back. If he gets the, if he gets the itch and the right thing comes up. Uh, another one that was sudden was Mirsad Bektic. You know, he never, wow. he's never publicly said why he retired. Just, you know, you know, just, you know, lost three in a row and retired. Uh, Marion Renault, which we knew about, you know, she retired after she lost to, uh, uh, Misha Tate. Misha. Uh, a sad day in the world of of MMA oh. on July 30th when the GOAT, Artem Lobov, retired. Uh, that's, you know, just yeah. anytime the greatest of all time retires, that's that's really a sad story. Uh, I just did the year. I just did the. I just did the year in review of MMA with Josh Nason, and we covered uh, the month of July in one of these shows. And somehow he didn't even get Artem Lobov in there. Like shame on you, Josh Nason. Yeah, for listening. He's a goat uh, for not including Artem Lobov. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, August uh, saw the retirement of of you know arguably one of the best fighters in it. and there's a few there's a couple of these uh, on the list that retired this year that could fall in this category but one of the best to ever to never win a ufc title is jacques ray souza you know he uh i would say ago. i would say what he is the best to never even fight for a ufc title oh yeah yeah that was definite definitely a former strike force middleweight champion but you know had a very bad skid at the end of the year and i was there in his last fight against andre muniz when his arm broke and just, you know sat in yeah then there was two sad days in the middle of september uh first it was yeah. joseph benavides retiring you know another guy on the list of of you know best ufc fighters to never win a ufc title title you know he just you know and then one of my all-time favorite fighters carlos condit it's a sad day for me yeah i talked about it on this show show and then you know you know that was i don't really want to dwell anymore because i'm still heartbroken over that and uh you want to finish this out here uh from there sure yeah um so luke saunders who's probably best known for being the uh, former boyfriend of Be becky lynch um who is uh uh you know um at home right now recovering so best of luck to her if she's listening which she's absolutely 100 not um Beshkaheya. I mean, you know what? She's uh, gives Artem Lobov a run for his money as as the goat. I mean, maybe the female goat. Um, but uh, yeah, she she retired. Uh, Javier Torres, uh, big big time name in uh, in you in uh, from WEC, right? Um, I think uh, Jean Vellante. Uh, you know, best uh, 
you know, best remembered for, you know, a lot of crazy wars, uh, you know, been fighting at heavyweight for the last few years. His last fight it looked like he had to cut to make heavyweight, uh, but he's going to go back to teaching. So good for him. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's talk about his, well, his last fight, he obviously looked like a guy ready to retire, but his, yeah. his last fight, we, we should also bring up because we kind of, this is something I feel like we, I glossed over on moments of the year, but Chris Barnett, his finish of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Monty in the post fight celebration. That's another moment of the year, of the year for, for yeah. that, you know. So honestly, Huggy Bear could be on the list of fighters to watch in twenty twenty two as well. Yeah. Um Felicia Spencer, uh, you know, she kinda retired and took the featherweight division with her, I think. Um, although I guess if we get Harrison Nunez, um that, that'll happen. And then the fighter we talked about last week, um, Claudia Gadelia. Um, fighting, uh, you know, for the last time, the very notably fought in the very first UFC strawweight fight. And she just called her career, although I do expect that she'll be back at some point, but we'll see. And lastly, but not leastly, is uh, Michelle Tractor Prezeris, uh, you know, which was kind of a forced retirement because of, uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen him, you're not at all shocked, but multiple um drug offenses and uh we've seen the last of mr yeah, tractor this, this just happened this pa- past week past week you know he got a four-year suspension from usada for his second drug test failure yeah failure and just failed for three three different drugs in his system he claimed he claimed that they you know were for to treat fertility issues i don't know if these three particular drugs you know <laughs> help with fertility issues but it's also hard to believe a guy guy you know who's taking stuff for fertility issues after he after he already has another drug offense and had another two-year suspension you it's really hard to give a guy a benefit of the doubt benefit of the doubt and 40 years old with a four-year suspension yeah that ain't yeah no <laughs> sayonara and uh yeah that, that excuse only works for um Anderson Silva and John Jones, not for and Tractor per se. Chael Sonnen, too. <laughs> Chael Sonnen, yeah. Chael, Chael, yeah. Doesn't well, need it. Ch- Chael doesn't need that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, okay, speaking so of Ch- uh, we're going to Speaking of Chael, speaking of Chael, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I'll just say good we job. We could have done him as our in our we have to talk about. Good job. I mean, we don't – I mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to talk about John Jones anything, but – you know, there. Let's just say John decided to talk about Chell, and their two incidents in Las Vegas couldn't be the complete opposite. You know, no. Nope. Yeah, you know, it. I saw a great promo, great promo that Chell cut after a Bellator fight. And he goes like, "It doesn't matter if it's one on one, two on one, or five on one. Bring them all on. I'll beat them all up." Well, he beat up five people who dis disrespected his wife. So. So, I mean, you know, no matter what you want to say about Chell, Chell, you know, he defended his wife's honor. So, so props to him. Uh, what I'll say about that is uh, if you followed the careers of Mr. Son and, and Mr. Jones, um, what you've got is on one hand, you've got a, a nice guy playing a villain. And on the other side, you've got a villain playing a nice guy. Yeah. Would you say that's accurate? Uh, at least the early part you got a villain trying to play a a nice guy trying to you know yeah 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 
Well, I think some people would say that about Chael too. I you think, know that he's trying too hard to play a villain. Yeah, I think John's trying too hard to play a nice guy, much harder than Chael's yeah. trying to play a villain. But okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to close out the show with uh, our news of the week, and there isn't much, but we've got some uh, basically some fight announcements and uh, what 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 do you want to highlight here? There's a few. Yeah, yeah, I will say the there's been probably the only news of the week was there was a ru- there was rumors about a fight between Donald Cerrone and Patty Pimblett for UFC 272 on March Ooh. 5th. All I know is I've heard that it's been talked about, but that it's not as far from a done deal, which is why you haven't okay. seen any major news outlets, you know, kind of, kind of Feels you know, early for talk that. about it, talk about I, I personally, to me, it's a fight that does not make sense at all. And especially with no. the London card card, I know they wanted Pimblet on the London card, especially if, you know, if they're having trouble finding a solid main event, which they are, they're having trouble nailing down a main, main event because, you know, what they have planned, what they had in the works, you know, hasn't been signed or agreed to agreed to. Uh, but, but anyway, you know, and it, yeah, Patty being on a pay-per-view show, especially against Cerrone, it makes sense, you know, it makes sense for Las Vegas, but I don't know. I, just, I don't like that fight, but it's been talked about, but it's not a done deal. I think Cerrone kind of might've mentioned that, that the fight was offered to him, to him. People are claiming that Cerrone said that it's happening, happening. I didn't find anywhere where Cerrone said it's actually happening, happening. But, uh, you know, some of these, some of these lower level Twitter accounts, they're trying to find, find names of them or reporting it. But, uh, but, but as far as I know, it's not signed, you know, so, so we'll, that's, it's a lot, it's a big risk. I guess if, if Pimblet won and won in impressive fashion, it would kind of skyrocket him, but yeah. that's a very, that's a fight he could easily lose. And, 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 I don't, and a loss yeah. to Cerrone right now is bad. And especially with, with supposedly being Cerrone's last fight, I kind of think like you'd want yeah. to give him a fight that he might win. I think more, you know, there's more other fights that make more sense for Cerrone for a retirement fight, but yeah, but yeah. you know, I would say it's probably 50, 50 right now. You know, I, you know, my, my people I know, know who make the fights, which I know, which I know pretty well. They haven't, they have told me that all they told me is that it's been talked about, but nothing official. So the one, the one fight that stands out among all these fights that you've got listed is not even in UFC. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, and you can go ahead. You know what I'm talking about, right? Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Lee and Diego Sanchez. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's just such a weird fight. Like, I don't think we would have saw this in UFC. No. Um, you know, they're they're yeah, I guess they're in the same weight class, but they're gonna fight at 165. Yeah. Um, which is a new weight class for uh, Khabib's promotion, Eagle FC. Um, and you know, we talked about Eagle FC last week, and uh, this is the kind of fights we're gonna see uh, from that group. Yeah. You know, um, this will be a headliner, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, but I mean, I mean, Diego could get hurt March 11th. I mean, that's, that's quick considering, you know, Diego, Diego just spent over a month in the hospital, you know, on a ventilator with COVID with COVID. And I think coming back in March, I think that's too quick. That's too quick. You know, I get it. You probably feels like it. He probably needs money. You know, he probably got fucked, you know, fucked out of it from, you know, from what's his name that we don't want to talk about, you know, just, you know, probably. I already forgot his name. I don't want you to tell me. I know Um, know his name, but I don't want to talk about him. You know, I know. Scumbag. No, I don't. uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't care. One of the biggest scumbags in MMA history. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. 
Uh, what any other fights of, the, of on this list that you wanted to highlight? Uh, yeah, I'll go over a few. Uh, February fifth, uh, a replacement fight. Sam Alvey is still in the UFC. He was supposed to fight Ian Heinish, but now he's going to fight Phil Halls. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. Uh, UFC two seventy two. Uh, Tim Elliott against Tagir Ulanbekov. You know pretty big flyweight fight, you know, for guys trying to move up the rankings. Uh, you have another one, a rivalry bout between Marina Moroz and Maria Agapova. It's not a big name fight, but these two women absolutely hate each other. And I mean, hate each other. So, so, I mean, that might be interesting from a, you know, them trying to get at each other standpoint. Uh, UFC fight night on March 12th, uh, a couple of big fights, Marlon Moraes, is still in the UFC, which, you know, we were kind of talking about after he lost to Marab, you know, and he's on a losing skid, but he's still, still around fighting Song Yudong. You know, Song Yudong is a, uh, you know, a big time bantamweight prospect. And that's, you know, a fight that could get him inside that top 10 and in, into main event fights. Uh, an exciting middleweight fight, which, which when it gets closer, we're going to get more and more excited about. But a guy we talked a lot about, Alex Pereira, against Bruno Silva, who all he's done is knock out guys so far in the UFC. So that's a that's just an incredible fight right there, right there, and a a big a big flyweight fight, probably possibly a title eliminator, March twenty sixth. That's showing Columbus Askar Askarov against Kai Kara France. So those are some of the big yeah. fights. Yeah, that's. That's, yeah, yeah, that that is uh, that's the other one that I you know kind of stood out for me on this list, um, and yeah, so um, and if you're uh, you know if you're really jonesing for some uh, fighting, um, we've got the um, we've got Fury Pro Grappling on UFC Fight Pass coming up uh, Thursday, and as well Thursday late night, kind of early Friday morning, Ryzen thirty three. I just looked at that show though, and there's. Um, there's really nothing because I mean, they're not allowed to bring in any foreigners um, because of COVID. So there's like, you know, I mean, if you're hardcore Ryzen fan, you'll probably like it. Yeah. But the Fury Pro Grappling has some big names on it. Um, oh, you know, gone. Kevin Holland, Sean Brady, Donald Cerrone, Neil Magny, uh, Clay Guida. So um, that could be fun. Ro- Rose Namajunas. Yeah. Just a bunch of. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Chase if Hooper. Yeah. If you're a grappling fan and you like watching, watching, you know, competitive grappling, that's. That's one of the biggest grappling shows I've seen in a long time with a lot of interesting grappling battles. That's uh, so that'll be uh, Thursday at uh, seven Eastern on Fight Pass. So you can check that out, and then you know it'll be archived, so you can watch it whenever you want. Um, okay, so that's gonna about wrap it up. Um, so this is our last show of the year, Ryan. Uh, we've we finished our. We're not done two years, but this is the our second year end show and uh it's been a lot of fun and uh, i'm looking forward to uh 2022 and all the fun that that brings uh we'll just keep rolling along uh, we got a couple more shows here i think next week for sure we're gonna we're gonna revisit some of those questions uh i didn't talk to you about it ahead of time but we we definitely should get to some of those questions that we didn't answer in the thread uh about a month ago that we asked yeah. for so we there's some do, good questions we can, there we can do that or we can do that the week after i have a really fun idea for next week sure for next week so. okay Fair enough. So, yeah. We will definitely do them. We'll definitely do them at some point. Yeah, but we'll, we'll um, try to get and, uh, we'll try to get a few more, a few more as well. You know, before we do that. Sure. So. 
Yeah. And, and again, if you're listening to this, um, we'll put up a thread uh, for the show and uh, let us know some of your picks for some of these awards. If you had any different ones than what we had, or if you agree with us, just let us know or let us know on Twitter as well. Um, you know, cause I mean, it's a lot of fun at this time of year to go over, uh, you know, kind of the year end stuff. And, and I look forward to doing this and I put in a little bit more effort into preparation for the show than I usually do. And I know you did as well, Ryan. And uh, I thought, I thought we had some good picks. So, yeah. and check out the article on fight game media that will be going up. Uh, um, I think it's just me and you this year. Um, last year, Garrett did it, but he said he didn't watch enough of the big shows this year to feel qualified. But I know I went a little bit more in depth on some of my answers, so it should be a good article. So did I. Um, as did I, yeah. Okay, good. All right. So, um, yeah, and then, uh, so I guess, Ryan, uh, you'll have your uh, weekly MMA roundup column. You won't have anything else this week, I don't think, unless there's no, something nope, I'm forgetting. I'm, just, I'm, I am using this downtime to get ahead on some stuff. So, so. Sure. Sounds good. And I'm doing, uh, I'm doing, like I said earlier in the, in the little promo piece we did, I'm going to be doing a special show this weekend or actually, well, I, I, we're recording it on Wednesday. I'm not sure when it's going to drop, but it'll be the, uh, AW year end awards. And then of course I got the dynamite show on our, on, on our Patreon feed. That'll be going up on Wednesday night and, uh, every night, uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I've got the, uh, uh, YouTube show, grandpa, uh, cup of Joe with grandpa Des. I had Scott young on, uh, Monday night and uh, i'm still working on guests for the rest of the week but i got some really cool guests lined up for january i'm uh, just trying to nail down dates but i'm shocked that i was able to get them so i'm looking forward to getting these people on and for you guys to listen and i might even try to get some of them on this show um or maybe even our patreon extra that we're supposed to be doing maybe we'll do some in- long-form interviews or something with uh with some people if we can get them but uh f- for ryan Happy birthday again. You still got 37 minutes as we're recording. Uh, For Ryan, I am Paul. And Ryan, why don't you take us home as you always do? All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. And normally I would say enjoy the fights this week, but enjoy the new year because by the time we speak to you again, it'll be 2022. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.